Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I, and welcome to our first episode of Spotlight at the new time of six o'clock. Thanks to Andy for update. He'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Tonight on Spotlight, we're looking ahead to the Isle of Man Festival of Choirs with its founder, Jeff Corkish. And we speak to some of the talent at last weekend's Potter's Fair at the Engine House in Castletown. We may be with you half an hour later in this brave new world, but the on-demand service and our podcast work in exactly the same way. So if you want to catch the programme again in full, head to the Manx Radio website. First tonight, let's head to the Potter's Fair at the Engine House in Castletown, where artist Sally Black, who is best known for her glorious paintings, has been working on a rather special collaboration with her husband, Steve. The last time we spoke to Sally, she was just starting to get into painting the pots that you turn. Um, and you've, I mean, you've branched out. There's all sorts of, um, of ceramic ware here. How did, you, how did you get into it? Uh, I was just talking to Bill Kelly, and Bill allowed me to sit in on a couple of classes and I just loved uh, playing with clay. So it's all about experimentation, and then eventually you find something that sucks you in further, and for me it was throwing. Um, But it's so enormously broad, Um, so (laughs) you can experiment with anything. Nobody's telling you what to do. You just do it, and if it it works, then... um, it's marvellous. If it doesn't, you recycle. So I'm very, you know, happy to be working with my wife, of course, who paints the pots. Uh, and that, that's really it. And I want to make bigger and bigger pots. Gosh, more and beautiful I, pots. More beautiful well, pots. I, I can't imagine more beautiful <laughs> pots right now. Um, what is it about throwing that particularly caught you? Um, first of all, it's, you know, quite a big fellow. And so there's a physicality to it there's the wedging of the clay and forming the clay but once you get on the wheel it's sort of mesmerizing so you've got the wheel is turning and you're you've got this clay between your hands and something comes out of nothing a lump of clay suddenly becomes a form and then you start thinking about curves and classical shapes the height the width you know, can I make it wider? Is is that a beautiful curve? And once you once you get into that, you, you're you're looking at the form is so important. And then I just pass it on to Sally. So once I've got something I really really like, I then can say goodbye to it, and it goes it goes to Sally. Now that's a bit of a disadvantage for me because I'm not decorating pots, so I'm not doing the whole process. And I would like to, but maybe in the future, you know, maybe we'll do that in the future. If you, if you were going to experiment with decorating the pots, um, do you think they'd look anything like the work that Sally does? Because, I mean, it, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to describe what she does. It's, it's incredible. But do you think you'd be going for sort of straight up glazes or would they be um, illustrative decorations like Sally's are? Or how do you, how do you think you'd, you'd approach that? No, I think, I think I would try, it would be more an abstract approach. I'm not a figurative painter, so I would maybe take something out of nature or some rock form or something that, you know, sparked my interest. But I would never try and paint uh, representational because it just wouldn't work. (laughs) And you you were talking about um, going 
going bigger yeah. throwing pots how do you do that because I suppose a wheel is only as big as a wheel is how do you how do you accommodate larger work do you think uh, no you can because the base of pots are usually is usually narrow from there you can go up and out and higher and it's not really the you know it's not really to get huge pots it's just to get something substantial so uh, it takes a longer to paint so I can make more pots you know it's like <laughs> give her a challenge because at the moment she's you know she's painting on these things in the evening and um, and she can do it reasonably efficiently so uh, no I just need to it's just a matter of form it's experimentation it's like no there's no real boundaries and you you know talking to other potters it's the same with everyone it's a medium that um, allows you to experiment and fail the best thing I used to say at college that uh, one of the most interesting things about college was you can fail at doing things there and then re you know go again well it's the same with pottery you can you can sort of fail sort of know where you went wrong and try again uh, it's expensive business yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it's an enjoyable it's most enjoyable and then of course in the winter you get a little bit of a rest because it's so usually so cold in studios that you just pack it in so so yeah it's uh, an interesting process I've only been doing it for about two years now less than two years so uh, thoroughly enjoyable oh yeah I mean I mean it's clear and how does it how does it feel when somebody buys your work um, something that yeah you've only been doing for two years it, uh, being somewhere like here yeah, like yeah. yeah it's an interesting emotion because um, of course once you've made these things uh, they have to move on otherwise your house fills full of pottery <laughs> so you have to move it on some way and I think for Sally it's it, it's as long as she has an outlet for the, her painting, whether it's canvas or pottery, I'm pleased that it's going. There are some that I would have kept myself, uh, but you can't. You know, you've just got to, you've got to, you've got to move on. Do better next time. You know. So I mean, this fair has been fantastic. You've seen the number of people here. So I hope you know, once a year or maybe twice a year, we can do a fair like this and get get people's interest. It's great. So, thoroughly enjoyable uh, group of people. Lovely. <laughs> when you see these pots, and of course you glaze them, so you cover them with a, it's like a white powder, really. So, you can't see anything. But when you open the kiln, that's when it's exciting. So, you've got this incredible high when you see, can we go a little? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you see the the, the faces on this pot, how how wonderfully formed they are, yeah. you know. Uh, but yet, you can open uh, the kiln and then something is cracked or some glazes come off, and you really feel alone mm -hmm. because all that time both of us have spent, uh, it just it's gone. So talk to any potter, and it's the same thing. They always lose pieces or something goes wrong, or so there's highs and lows. You know, and I mean the the quality of the colours in in the work. Um, I can't imagine seeing those coming from regular glazes. Is it is it no. is it a different kind of paint that's been used? No, no, no. it's a it's called an amico underglaze, 
and it holds its color at lower temperatures. So these are earthenware temperatures about uh, 1,020. If you go higher, you get darker colors. So the colors wash out and see on other pieces. So I'm learning all this. Uh, people who have been to college and you know been through thousands of firings sort of know all this, but yet Sally and I have to learn you know, continuously learn, and so that's that's sort of enjoyable too. Yeah. You know, the and it could process. come up with um, you could come up with such different results because of that. Because I don't know, yeah, there's you know, there's real value in going to art school or, or studying your medium, but um, also it's very exciting to see people work in things that they haven't studied before. Experimentation, and you know, you know, what they they say it's um, oh, I've forgotten the word for it. <laughs> it's not Schadenfreude. It's the other one. Um, anyway, so you know, the, these sometimes you can make a mistake, which a fortuitous mistake, and you say, "Oh, that's what happens," you know, and then you can build on that. Uh, and it really is about some people do production pottery, and they just want the same thing to sell, you know, and they'll sell. And some people want to do individual pieces, like we do, and they become sort of special pieces, you know unrepeatable yeah yeah well each one is a work of art it's uh, it's lovely to see them anyway, like, i've run out of steam now <laughs> <laughs> thank you jane this is such a success it's busier in here than i've than i think i've seen a craft fair in a long time oh it's been absolutely amazing we've had hundreds of people through the doors and it's just fabulous but i mean what an amazing collection of ceramics to come and look at i mean before we even opened the doors, I was running around like a kid in a sweet shop. It was just fabulous, and, and it's it's just delightful to see it. Where did you get the idea from? Because we see uh, we see craft fairs, we see um, art fairs, affordable art fairs. We we see so many different ways that um, that people are brought together to share their work. But a ceramics fair, a potter's fair, makes so much sense. Well, actually, I can't take credit for the idea. Um, I'm a member of the Manx Potters Group because of my interests in all things ceramics and art and all that kind of thing. Um, but it was actually Susie who came up with the idea. And uh, she said, oh, we need a venue. And I said, oh, hello, I've got just the place. Um, and the tables, you know, they're perfect. They lend themselves to it uh, beautifully. And, you know, I'm just amazed at how many... Um, fantastic potters there are out there it's been an amazing show so many people whose work I haven't seen displayed before it seems like it's yeah really brought people out of the woodwork it has and I mean a lot of the artists I mean I, I know a lot of people to talk to face to face but some of them come up to me and saying oh Jane hello it's really nice to meet you at last so it's been fabulous from that point of view as well to actually talk to the people that you know I'm emailing or corresponding with on Facebook or through other types of social media so it's been brilliant from that point of view as well and I mean it's been such a great success I can only imagine you're hoping to do something similar if not the same event maybe again in the future yeah I mean people have been saying oh is it only on for one day and it's only on for three hours so maybe we'll do something bigger and better next year who knows Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council and Jeff Corkish joins us in the studio now Jeff, the Isle of Man Festival of Choirs has been running for, is it 12 years now? It's really sort of established itself as a welcome and reliable feature in the island's arts calendar. Well, it's a well-trodden path for the festival. It's what people want. It's been successful now. This is our sixth 
uh, and it starts on uh, Friday the 18th. Now, that's not a public night. That's a night which makes us a little bit different from other festivals in that we have... uh, all the choirs are invited to come. They have a buffet, supper, the bars are open, they eat and drink and they mix very informally. Then they sing some of their favourite pieces, so the night becomes a bit of a general sing-song. And I teach them the Manx National Anthem, which they take away with them. We all sing that. And then on the Saturday, uh, after all that informality, on the Saturday morning, they get the opportunity to come into the hall, uh, have a look at the hall, rehearse in the anterooms at the Villa Marina. And then at one o'clock on the Saturday, we start the competitions proper. And that begins with the, what does it start with? That start with the mixed voice choirs, that is. So we've got Blackburn People's Choir coming over. Uh, they've been here before. Local choir, Glenfarber, uh, Valley Aloud Choir. Uh, haven't heard them before. They'll be great to listen to. All singing a mixed bag of music. So the variety in that one class alone to start with them. After that, At about 2 o'clock, we have the ladies' voice choirs. We've got uh, two in there. We've got our local uh, Manx voices, but we've also got the Rodillian singers. Now, they're a new uh, group of singers um, coming over to the Isle of Man, so that's their first time at the festival. Then we've got at quarter to three, this is a great class. Well, they're all great classes, but for me, anyway, male voice, this is where my choir, the Londo Male Voice Choir, uh, come into its own, singing against two huge choirs, which we're delighted to have. Um, Have they both been here before? Yes, they've both been here before, which speaks great for the festival that they think it's worthwhile coming back. One is the Haydock Male Voice Choir of Lancashire. They're a big choir. They had a great time here the last time they were here. And then we have the Macclesfield Male Voice Choir, who are great friends of the Isle of Man. They've been here uh, before to sing outside of a competition. So there is going to be tremendous... Uh, a, a, a tremendous competitive spirit between those two choirs. Alondu will fly the flag for the Isle of Man and we'll do our bit as well. And then we've got a new class for this year, the open voice class, and that means you can, uh, choirs of any size, so that means you can get smaller groups of singers coming, singing their own choice of songs as well. And we've got uh, the Abbey Bells. Now, the Abbey Bells are uh, a ladies' barbershop. So that open class allows them to come in and do that. So, so, uh, so they're singing a fantastic uh, 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 choice. And also for the first time this year in the open class, we have from Leicester um, a gospel choir. Now, this got, as well as other choirs being great and well-known around uh, their areas, certainly in the Northwest, this choir, the EGA, the, the E-A-G-A, I don't know what it all stands for, we'll find out when they get here, but uh, they look a tremendous crowd by the photograph uh, that they sent. Uh, they are a gospel choir. They were runners-up in Britain's Got Talent, and they were also runners-up in the Songs of Praise uh, uh, BBC series as well, and they had a competition there. They will be fantastic, and they will bring a whole new stream of music and style uh, to our festival. And we're hoping that our patron uh, is is John Rhys Davies, who's the the well-known actor who lives here on the Isle of Man. We're hoping, fingers crossed, uh, but he has a tremendous workload, but was keen to be our patron. He's been involved with choirs before, so we hope we're hoping he's going to be here. And uh, Douglas Borough Council have uh, very kindly again uh, put up a prize for um, for the ensemble class, and we've got uh, two, a, a, a 
local choir and a, a eclipse ensemble. I don't know who they are, but that's another class of which you know there there are how many pieces? There will be four, two two pieces each on those in the ensemble class, a smaller class, uh, but all contrasting songs. We don't have any set pieces as such, really, because that limits perhaps the festival's outlook, which is very much competitive at heart. But we have a a handle now by other choirs, the Friendly Festival. And that's great because the whole idea behind the festival was to give another outlet to keep choirs together, to keep choirs formed, to sing with the passion and enthusiasm that that choirs have and the opportunity to come and see the Isle of Man because lots of these people are here for the very first time. And as we can see from the uh, festival makeup this year, um, some have thought it's such a good festival and such a lovely place to come that they're coming back. That's wonderful news. And yes, it's a lovely way to share and enjoy the island with people who maybe haven't visited before. Or yeah, if we make a good enough impression, people who are returning. You founded this festival. Why was it important to you that something like this exists? What what has singing in choirs done for you? What does it mean to you? I've always been involved in choirs, church choir. I was a church choir chorister for 54 years. Uh, the family have been involved, both sides of the family, in music. And the Isle of Man was a great growing ground for singers because we're cut off from the civilization here in the Isle of Man. We made our own music. We had fantastic choirs, still got fantastic choirs in the Isle of Man. And soloists, we made our own our own uh, 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 amusement here, you know, uh, our own entertainment here. Great singers, good, st- high standards. And uh, so I've always been involved with choirs. I joined the Londu Male Voice Choir as a young man. Uh, sung in church choirs and other choirs as well. And it was the camaraderie, the friendship, and making harmony. Harmony is so, 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 so beautiful, you know. Uh, it's great to hear singing anywhere. I, I'm, I'm moved by, you know, at an FA Cup final, you know, people singing Comoranda, you know. Now, they don't go to church, but they sing these hymns with such feeling and passion. There's obviously something there that moves people. And singing has always moved me. And, and 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 harmony. There's such a beauty. Marriage of words and music is something which you know we want to keep and nurture and 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 harmony. Unison singing is great, you know, but to be able to sing in harmony, you get that added boost and kick, you know, that people enjoy. And so lovely to um, be sharing sharing with Manx residents the the variety of music offered by these different choirs, these different singing groups. Absolutely, the support and the Manx people have been great. You know, there are people, and we we have this every two years, very hard to sustain for every year. And remember that these choirs are going to other festivals as well. We've got 10 choirs competing this year. That's that's blooming good because lots of festivals in the UK don't get that many entries. And in 10 choirs, how many people have you got? Oh, we've got about uh, 350 or so coming to our Friday night. Uh, that'll be friends as well of, of, of choirs, but a lot of choristers. And um, uh, 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 they, they, they uh, uh, come to the island full of wanting to enjoy and, and, and seeing the island for the first time, perhaps somewhere new. Remember that these people, that's what I was going to say, these people can, can jump on a coach in the UK and go to a festival down the road. 
uh, here they've got to make that bit of extra effort, you know, to, to take time off work, to book a coach, to book an aeroplane, to book a ship, to book a hotel, and to stay two or three nights at expense. So to being able to get 10 choirs here, and sometimes more, we've had more than that, so but 10, you know, that's that's very decent. That's 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 great. And that goes down to a very small committee, uh, Gary Corkle, Laura Quinn, uh, uh, helped uh, uh, greatly with the admin and uh, directing everything that goes on. Uh, I just sit back and wait for it all to happen, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a great, great time. Uh, and uh, so to them and the people behind stage, the announcers, the lady Jenny who looks after the music uh, for the for the adjudicator, and the adjudicator this year is a... Is a Good. We've been, never. We've had fantastic. We've never been let down by adjudicators. Fantastic adjudicators, and this man is a, a, a well-known uh, conductor of choirs. Stephen Roberts, uh, Chesterfield Philharmonic, the Honley Male Voice Choir, Altrincham Chorus, big choirs, and well-known and well-known in the adjudicator. So he's he's a good adjudicator. Well, we hope we find out how good he is, uh, adjudicator. So he will he will play his part. And like every other uh, adjudicator we've had here, uh, hopefully he will finish his stint by saying what a fantastic festival it is, you know. And I remember our very first festival where when uh, we had my first choice of conductor who is uh, one of the world's best conductors of, 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 of choirs. He came down and met me when we started the welcome night and he said, this is... Fantastic. He said a lot stronger than that, but he said this is absolutely fantastic. And he was a man who'd been to all these festivals all over the place, but this was special. Gosh, that says a lot, doesn't it? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and we're lucky enough that we have the opportunity to come and attend as well. Remind us how ticketing works and uh, and when we can come and enjoy this meeting. Well, you get uh, tickets from com, or you can buy the tickets on the day. The villa's a big place, so there's always plenty of room. Buy them on the day. We only sell one ticket. Uh, rather than uh, two separate tickets. It's only £12, £6 a day for the fantastic feast of music that people will get. Uh, so £12, and that gets you in Saturday, Sunday. We'll finish, I suppose, before 5 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon. Uh, we have a tight time scale because these people, some of them have to catch catch an evening plane or even the, the boat sometimes to get back so we have to roster everything and Gary does a great job at uh, rostering and, and, and uh, fitting everybody in and uh, touch wood, it works so far and hope it will this time so looking forward to it, not long to go now And as you said, uh, the committee really is uh, is the, the force behind this, it's the, it's the people it's the choirs, it's the singers, it's the, but the committee do a, a sterling job and also you have um, generous sponsorship as well. We can't do without the support we get from the uh, Department for Enterprise uh, who have sponsored us from day one um, it stems from when I was a member of the, of, uh, of the board there uh, but they have seen uh, the, the festival grow so we're delighted for their continued support the Douglas Corporation the Arts Council who again are supportive as well and at the end of the day the people who come and buy tickets which reduces the cost to us and makes the whole thing uh, more worthwhile from a commercial point of view 
but above all, the competitive spirit, the passion and enthusiasm of the choristers who get together to sing for the hell of it, who just want to sing and enjoy and want to win too. And there's, uh, you know, a considerable amount of money to be won. You know, the top choir will get £2,000 and that's a lot of money that goes towards uniforms and buying music. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a decent sum, you know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, above all, the public becoming supported, stopping in the street and asking, when is our next festival of choirs? The Alaban Festival of Choirs, it's a great weekend out. So don't miss it. It's the 19th of October and Sunday the 20th of October. Wonderful. Two afternoons full of great music, contrasting music and tremendous choirs. Gorgeous sounds. this week stay tuned for chris kinley who'll be along shortly i'll be back next wednesday at six o'clock so until then have a lovely creative week Slen you